0: This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 76 of the EO Business Podcast for APAC. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Julia Maguire from The Capital Network. Good morning, Julia.
1: Good morning, Brendan.
0: Now, you are very lucky. You've relocated up the coast.
1: Yes, I have. I've... I moved up here um, in May um, and um, was doing some renovations on my property. And then obviously the the lockdown happened, so I decided to stay up here and um, uh, didn't imagine I'd be up here for this long, but really embracing the the small community um, and um, the great outdoors and the wildlife. So feeling quite blessed.
0: Because last time I saw you, or actually it was the first time I met you was um, when we went out for that. Dinner at around the establishment, and you was you seemed like there was a lot happening, and you you yes. seemed like you had a lot of pressure on you. So you're definitely looking and and um, sounding a lot more relaxed now. Is it has it changed the way you've operated your business?
1: Um, I have a routine up here, so I get up at about six. I have a coffee. I check my emails. I then um, put on my Apple Watch and I go for a run. Um, obviously, social contact um, in in-person social contact has never been so important and because I don't um, have any friends up here really um, and I'm just up here with my partner, we don't really know many people, um, just having a chat to the people at the coffee shop or um, I've been getting fresh fish from the wharf, the, the guys at the the fishing um, the, the fishmonger down at the wharf, um, having those small conversations each day is very, very important because otherwise you don't talk to anyone at all unless it's over the telephone or Zoom. Yeah. So I, when I go for a run down to um, the foreshore, um, I'm at a place called uh, Shoal Bay um, and I, I chat to the ladies down there who serve the coffee and, and I've got to know the locals. So then I do, do a sort of six six to seven K run and you you, you walk past and run past the same people every day. So yeah. you And then I get home and, get into it but the great outdoors is spectacular here and the wildlife is is truly spectacular so uh,
0: that's uh, sm- sounds like you sounds like you you're, you're uh, stopping and smelling the roses which is lovely
1: I, I i stop and smell the roses many many times and then i take <laughs> a- on social media
0: yeah that's <laughs> awesome
1: i'm not working at all which i am working very hard
0: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh the capital network what what do you do
1: So the Capital Network is an investor relations firm. A lot of people and and the acronym for investor relations is IR and people confuse that with industrial relations. They've got nothing to do with each other. Investor relations is it's financial communications and shareholder communications and financial PR for companies that are listed on a stock exchange. Um, or companies that have investors that they need to keep informed, or companies that might be listing on a stock exchange as well. So it's, it's um, and the goal of investor relations is a fair value for a company's share price. Um, and it's, it's absolutely critical for public companies to have this because there's a lot of noise out there. Mm. Um, you know, for example, in Australia, there's 2,200 companies approximately listed on the ASX, um, and there's, at the present time because the stock market is quite buoyant. There's a lot of IPO companies trying to um, ad- be admitted to the ASX. And so there's a lot of competition for a limited investor audience um, and a limited um, and, an en- and shrinking journalist audience.
0: Right. So so it sounds like the Capital Network is like a, it's almost like a PR agency specialising in, in listed companies or companies that are about to list.
1: That's Correct.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, is there a like a, a sweet spot or a, a niche? Like, are you going for I don't know, like top twenty ASX, or is it top two hundred or top three hundred? How how does what's your sweet spot of your client base?
1: Good question. Um, the beauty of our firm is we're, we're a team of highly skilled professionals. From I'd say the, the youngest person is probably twenty. Mm. um right up to seventy seven years old um i am one of the two founders um i'm thirty eight um but our sweet spot is actually we we support companies of all different sizes because we have such an incredible incredibly broad skill set on the team very robust um we support companies i think our largest client is about three point eight billion dollar market cap um mm. and then our smallest might be $5 million market cap. Yeah. So um, it's very diverse. And we work with companies in all different industries and all different life, um, life cycles. So some have no revenue, some have revenue, but are not profitable. Um, some are highly profitable. So it's a very yeah. mixed and We've chosen to, to be broad um, because it it um, you know it means we can deliver value to companies of all different shapes and sizes and um, it, it keeps the work very, very interesting as well.
0: And so, can you give us an example of, I don't know, like a company that, you know, didn't use your services, then you came on and what you've been able to help them achieve? Like, I imagine it works like if you can, through the work that you do, if you can actually help raise their share price, that there's an immense value in what you provide.
1: Correct. Yeah. Um, Correct. What is quite a conservative fee compared to the cost of employing a full-time investor relations employee in-house? You can access our team of eight people um, that are former stockbrokers, former analysts, former, you know, Wall Street journalists, uh, former Financial Times editors. um, So a really strong, robust team. Um, it, it's, it's it's very cost-conservative compared to hiring someone full-time. Um, and a, a case study, um, one of the things we, um, I think, we're quite well known for is growing share registers, so um, attracting loyal and sticky share registers and attracting high-quality names to share registers, um, which then, of course, encourages other investors to then jump on board and support the story. Um, So we're working with a very large, um, well-established, well-known household brand um, with a a market cap in excess of $3 billion. Um, And they've been listed, I think, for about 50 or 60 years on the stock exchange. And in one year of working for them, we've grown their share register by 24 or 25%. So this company has been listed 50 or 60 years. And in one year um, since we started working with them, so we started in July last year, We've added about 5,000 share reg- shareholders to its register. So that's a, that's a, a really strong result. Um, mm. And of course, um, is a result of consistent PR, consistent communication, multimedia, um, the full gamut of our services.
0: Yeah. So the, your model works on you sign up, I assume, on a retainer, something like that, and then the company that is your client has access to your team to be able to get things done each month?
1: Correct. It- so it's an agency model. So it, uh, similar to a um, an advertising agency, again, PR agency, um, you know, the client pays you on a retainer. Uh, sometimes we do projects as well um, and they can tap into our services as required. So um, this month is August. It's four year results time. So... Most of our clients will be reporting their full-year results. They might be um, preparing an annual report. Um, And so for every company that's preparing full-year results, which outlines their financial performance and other metrics um, to the general public uh, and their own shareholders, that requires a PowerPoint presentation. It requires a press release or an ASX announcement. It might require an investor conference call. Um, If the company's done well, they would, you know, generally they would like um, press, so financial media in the mainstream newspapers and um, finance TV channels, um, and and they'd like their shareholders to know um, about their achievements. And of course, if if the company has perf- hasn't performed well, then they really require our services to um, assist them with the the copywriting and and um, and and the editing of of um, of those um, the, the, the fi- well the refining of the financial performance as well, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that people truly understand um, what the results mean.
0: So you need to explain why the dog ate their homework.
1: Yeah, you need to explain why the results matter. So a lot of people think if they report numbers, the numbers will speak for themselves. Yeah. But if there's not a captive audience there already, then the numbers might just get lost in the ether. Um and so and a, a lot of companies use assume knowledge. So you mm. might receive a press release from um, a business that you're interested in, and it, it might be full of assumed knowledge and terms you're not familiar with, and, and acronyms and jargon, and and so we obviously look at it with an um, uh, an objective, you know, unemotional third party mm. point of view, and just go through the material and make sure that it's very clear what what the numbers, um, and the other the facts mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you sort of highlight what's important and what's going to get sort of the biggest breakthrough. To whatever the share, share holder base might be
1: yeah, it's all about highlighting the opportunity yeah. um, and to, like to be an investor, whether it's in property or crypto or whatever, you, you're believing in it it's it's an act of belief in the in a better tomorrow um and so it's all about highlighting the opportunity and making the mm. opportunity obvious and, and and easy to understand.
0: So you just, you mentioned crypto, is that an area that, you know, you're looking to go and support ICOs and that sort of thing? Like it's a a huge growing market, the whole financial system is changing with DeFi and um, is that an area that you're playing in yet?
1: Yes, I've I've worked with companies in that space. Um, I've worked um, and worked with companies in uh, blockchain, in distributed ledger technology, reg tech, um, very, very interesting space. Um, and um,
0: are these companies that are not listed on the ASX, so like they're, I don't know, on uh, different, you know, different different crypto exchanges, that sort of thing.
1: Uh, so, yes. So, yep. Yes, but I've also worked with companies on the ASX that have bought into crypto assets that are involved with blockchain, that are involved in tokens, um, that are in, in, involved in they're in investing in digital assets. So I've worked for yeah. funds, businesses that invest in digital assets. Uh, the full gamut, but it's yeah, something wow. that I'm very curious in. I would say my understanding is still um, relatively amateur, um, but, you know, there's a, 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 an increasing distrust for fiat currencies um, and, I mean, even, you know, the largest governments in the world are are exploring and launching their own um, digital currencies.
0: Yeah, China, China being a big one. I think they're, they're actually uh, doing a you know, digital currency to keep crypto out of the Chinese economy. That's right.
1: That's
0: right. Um, So how did you get into this business? Like it sounds absolutely fascinating and um, you you must hear some incredible stories from um, some real movers and shakers. Are you on 24 hours a day?
1: I am on 24 hours a day. Um, We work with companies all over the world. Um, We work with different personalities, different cultures, um, the diff- <laughs> I've worked with many companies that can't speak English, so you're, you know, communicating with CEOs and decision makers that, that can't even speak English. Um, I've worked with companies in the most broad, dynamic, exotic locations, um, but they're listed on the ASX or they're, they are going to list on the ASX in every type of industry. Um, and, of course, um, in doing that, it, it is a 24-hour job. Um, the companies understand that there's times of the day you're going to be asleep and you might not necessarily respond to them, but I, I, I am um, on my emails every waking hour of the day. Mm. Uh, and for the, the the companies that we work in that are in the Northern Hemisphere, Europe, Middle East, uh, the United Kingdom, places like that, then obviously the the, the, the calls with management are, are around dinner time um, and then when you've got clients in the United States and um, then those calls are sort of around breakfast time. Yeah. Um, and then I have a lot of business in West Australia and Hong Kong. And, and of course, that's, you know, two to three hours behind.
0: Hmm. So what's your strategy? So, so, sorry, I'll just get back to that. So how did you get in into this um, into this business? Was it, is it by accident or was it by design?
1: It was by accident. What's- I think a lot of people... Um, you can't study investor relations at university. Um, there's not much material on it. There's not many books available. Um, so the pathway to investor relations is either being a, perhaps a stockbroker, perhaps being an, a financial analyst, a journalist or a public relations person or a corporate communications person. I um, I studied commerce um, and I studied uh, design. So I have two different degrees. Um and then I finished university, and I got a job in a bank. Um, and then I got a job in a in a public company that's um, no longer exists. It was acquired at a premium, and and the shareholders were very happy with that. Um, and I was put in as a junior in the investor relations department, and I enjoyed the work because it required the interpersonal skills and the creativity. So the obviously you need to be able to talk to people and build a rapport with them, and and have that creative brain. Um, where you can brainstorm clever ideas um, to secure media and attention, um, but it also requires the financial literacy, understanding balance sheets, understanding financial reports, understanding charts, um, and mm. investor relations requires both sides of the brain. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. That, that worked. Um, that was in line with, I think, with my brain.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, sounds, um, it sounds, sounds pretty complicated, actually. You've got to be well-versed in lots of different areas.
1: Yes, you do. It is very complicated yeah. work.
0: <laughs> so given that you're in the industry, do you like, do you get into the stock market yourself? Like, or are you invest, I know you do a lot of property. Um, what, what's your views on the stock market? Is it something that you get involved with or do you stay I away have, from it? You no, know, you'd I've see, you'd see <laughs> uh, a lot of horror stories, I'd imagine, as well.
1: Yes, so... Um, People that don't have a lot of time um, to monitor and track their investments tend to invest in larger, more established companies that maybe pay, a, you know, that are, it's more of a passive type of investing where, you know, perhaps they receive dividends. But if you have more time, um, then, um, you know, you might consider investing in more speculative type investments um, or companies that are less established but have tremendous opportunity. Um, if they commercialise their idea. Um, and so I, I actively invest in in shares um, and I have uh, very established companies down to um, companies with a lot of upside, but a lot of risk. Um, and I also invest in property. I, I absolutely love property. Um, I, I mean, I, obviously I live in Sydney and, and, and it, it appears that um, most people in Sydney are obsessed with property. Um, and so I have, I have a a balanced portfolio of both.
0: And so I'd imagine a lot of the customers you've got to sign NDAs and you'd be getting a lot of privileged information and that sort of thing. So you have to go, you have to sort of go outside the client base.
1: Correct. So I don't hold, um, I don't own any of my client shares. Um, we have very strict confidentiality agreements, our employees, I have very strict confidentiality agreements. The most important thing um, in this industry is trust.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Very privileged information.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. So um, if I can sort of now, you've recently joined EO um, in Sydney. Um, what What was your motivation for that?
1: My motivation for EO was um, connection. Um, so I, I didn't grow up in Sydney. I grew up in Adelaide. Um, and as you get older, your friends um, often move away. So they move overseas, interstate. They might move back to where they were born to raise their families. And so I was really looking for, for a, um, the human connection, like-minded people, creative people, ambitious people, uh, visionaries. um and people generally very interest very much interest me. um and i'm very very introverted, so i was I was really looking for the social angle, but also um you know people that have perhaps are more established than me, that have got a business that perhaps they've um exited from um and and you know looking for that um, those shared ideas uh, yeah. advice and 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 also companionship as well. and uh, the, the dynamic experiences that um, you know that that EO can provide.
0: Yeah, great, and so and that's working for you. We've, we've got a tick box there so far. Yes, oh, <laughs> that's and good I've
1: been to, to hear. A few because we've had a COVID lockdown, um, but the events I've been to, I've had a, an absolute ball. Um, so it was
0: did you? Ju- you've just joined in 2021, have you?
1: Yeah, I joined in late April. Oh, okay. So yeah. I managed to attend a few physical events. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they were a blast. The car racing at Eastern Creek was a blast. Um, my car isn't really designed for 200 kilometres around a speed bike. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I did enjoy it very much.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, what does the future look like for you, Julie? It sounds like you're, like, you know your business is really successful. You've got you know lots of investments happening. What, where do you want to where do you want to go yourself? Or what um, what's what is what does the future look like?
1: You know, I would love on a personal front. I mean, I'm very much a global citizen. I absolutely love international travel. I've travelled to very exotic um, countries, um, and the the fact that we are, aren't able to travel overseas at the moment is very sad to me. Um, so I would love to, um, on a personal level, continue to travel the world, experience different cultures, enrich myself. Um, I would love um, to have some residences overseas in some different countries. Um, so that's that's on my vision board. Um, and, I, you know, I would like to continue to scale this business. I, I firmly believe we have the best offering. Um, in the market um, and we have the most wonderful fantastic terrific highly skilled employees and team and rapport and culture uh, i truly love all the people that work with us um so yeah continue to deliver value, yeah. scale the business um and take it to the the next level um and on a personal basis um yeah, continue traveling and, and investing. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And then get to a point where perhaps I don't have to work as many hours in the day and I can start donating my time and giving back. Yeah. And sharing you know, the experiences and the skills and, yeah. and uh, the, the life lessons that I've learned to younger people.
0: Fantastic. That sounds amazing. Um, so, if people want to find out a little bit more about the Capital Network, what's your website?
1: Yes. So, we're very active on social media. Um, Our website is thecapitalnetwork.com.au. We are on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, YouTube. We have a new um, brand that we've just launched uh, and content offering and site called Market Lit. Um, And so Market Lit is fast becoming a destination for emerging trends and ideas. Um, And so marketlit.com.au um and of course yes the social media uh, platforms and of course myself on linkedin and instagram
0: brilliant okay julia thanks very much for coming on the show today
1: thanks brendan have a good day
0: you've been listening to an apac eo production i hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast if you are it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues